Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today, I'll be reading The Brave Little Tailor. One summer morning, a little tailor was sitting on his table by his window. He was in good spirits and was sewing with all his might. Just then, a peasant woman came down the street and cried out, Good jam for sale! Good jam for sale! That sounded lovely to the little tailor's ears. He stuck his tiny head out the window and called, Up here, my dear woman, you're sure to make a good sale with me. The woman, with her heavy basket, climbed the three flights of stairs to the tailor's place and had to unpack all her jars in front of him. He inspected each one of them by lifting and sniffing the jam. Finally, he said, The jam seems good to me. I'll take three ounces, dear woman, but if it comes to a quarter of a pound, it won't matter. The woman, who had hoped to sell a great deal, gave him what he wanted, but went away very annoyed and grumbling. "'Now may God bless my jam!' the little tailor exclaimed. "'Let it give me energy and strength!' He fetched a loaf of bread from the cupboard, cut a full slice for himself, and spread it with the jam. "'This certainly won't have a bitter taste,' he said. "'But first I want to finish the jacket before I take a bite.' He put the bread down beside him and continued sewing, making bigger and bigger stitches due to his joy. Meanwhile, the smell of the sweet jam rose to the wall where lots of flies had gathered and were now enticed by the smell to swarm and settle on the jam. "'Hey, who invited you?' the little tailor said and chased the unwelcome guests away. But the flies did not understand German, nor would they let themselves be deterred. Rather, they kept coming back in even larger numbers. Finally, the little tailor had been needled enough, as they say, and he grabbed a piece of cloth from under his work table. "'Wait, I'll give you something,' he said, swinging at them mercilessly. When he let up and counted, there were no less than seven flies lying dead before him, with their legs stretched out. "'Oh, you're quite the man,' he said to himself, and could not help but admire his bravery. "'The entire city should know about this.' And the little tailor hastily cut out a belt for himself, stitched it, and embroidered large letters on it, seven with one blow. "'But why just the city?' he continued. "'Why shouldn't the whole world know about it?' And his heart wagged with joy like a lamb's tail. The tailor tied his belt around his waist, and since he now thought that his bravery was too great for his workshop, he decided to go out into the world." Before he left, he searched his house for something to take with him, but he found only a piece of old cheese, which he put in his pocket. Outside the city gate, he noticed a bird caught in the bushes, and the bird, too, found its way into his pocket. Now he bravely hit the road with his legs and pushed on. Since he was light and nimble, he did not become tired. His way led him up a mountain, and when he reached the highest peak, he came across a powerful giant who was sitting there comfortably and gazing about. The little tailor went up to him, addressed him fearlessly, and said, "'Good day, friend. You're sitting there and gazing at the great wide world, right? Well, I happen to be on my way into the world to try my luck. Would you like to come along?' The giant looked at the tailor contemptuously and said, "'You crumb! You miserable creature!' "'Is that so?' the little tailor responded, and opened his coat to show the giant his belt." You can read for yourself what kind of man I am. The giant read seven with one blow and thought that it meant the tailor had slain seven men. Therefore, he began to show some respect for the little fellow. 
Nevertheless, he wanted to test him first. So he took a stone in his hand and squeezed it until water began to drip from it. Do the same, said the giant, if you have the strength. Is that all? the little tailor said. That's just child's play for a man like me. He reached into his pocket, took out the soft cheese, and squeezed it until the liquid ran out. That beats yours, doesn't it? the tailor declared. The giant did not know what to say, for he could not believe that such a little man was so strong. Next, he picked up a stone and threw it so high that it could barely be seen with the naked eye. Now you do the same, you midget. Well, that was a good throw, said the tailor, but even so, the stone had to return to the ground in the end. Now I'm going to throw one that won't ever come back. He reached into his pocket, took out the bird, and threw it in the air. The bird was glad to be free and just kept climbing high in the sky and never returned. How did you like that little show, friend? the tailor asked. You certainly can throw, the giant said, but let's see if you can carry a decent load. He led the little tailor to a tremendous oak tree that had been cut down and was lying on the ground. If you're strong enough, he said, help me carry the tree out of the forest. Gladly, answered the little man. You take the trunk on your shoulder and I'll carry the branches and the twigs. After all, they're the heaviest. The giant lifted the trunk onto his shoulder while the tailor sat down on a branch. Since the giant could not turn to look around, he had to carry the entire tree and the little tailor as well. Of course, the tailor was feeling good and was quite merry in the rear, so he began to whistle a little song called Three Little Tailors Who Went Out for a Ride, as if carrying a tree were child's play. After the giant had carried the heavy load a good part of the way, he could go no further and cried out, Listen, I've got to let the tree drop. The tailor quickly jumped down, grabbed the tree with both his arms as if he had been carrying it, and said to the giant, You're such a huge fellow, and yet you can't even carry the tree? They walked on together, and when they came to a cherry tree, the giant seized the top where the fruit was ripest. He bent it down, handed it to the tailor, and told him to eat some of the fruit. But the little tailor was much too weak to hold on to the treetop, and when the giant let go of it, the tailor was catapulted into the air. After he came down again unharmed, the giant said, "'What's this? Don't tell me that you're not strong enough to hold on to that measly twig.' "'Oh, don't worry. I've got plenty of strength,' the tailor responded. "'Do you think that something like that is really difficult for a man who's slain seven with one blow?' "'I jumped over the tree because some huntsmen were shooting there in the bushes. "'Let's see if you can jump over it yourself.' "'The giant tried, but could not make it over the tree.' He got stuck in the branches, so the little tailor got the better of him once again. "'Well, if you're such a brave fellow,' the giant said, "'come along with me to our cave and spend the night with us.' The little tailor agreed and followed him. When they arrived in the cave, the other giants were still sitting by the fire, and each one had a roasted sheep in his hand and was eating it. The little tailor looked around and thought, it's certainly roomier in here than in my workshop. The giant showed him to a bed and told him to lie down and have a good sleep. But the bed was too big for the little tailor, so he did not get into it, but crept into a corner of the cave. When midnight came and the giant thought the little tailor was sound asleep, he got up, took a large iron bar, 
smashed the bed in two with one stroke, and thought he had put an end to the grasshopper. At dawn the next day, the giants went into the forest and forgot all about the little tailor. But all of a sudden, he came walking along quite merrily and boldly. The giants were horrified, for they feared he might slay them all, so they ran away as fast as they could. The tailor just followed his pointed nose and kept going. After he had traveled about for a long time, he came to the courtyard of a royal palace. Since he felt tired, he lay down in the grass and fell asleep. While he was lying there, some people came, examined him from all sides, and read on his belt, Seven with one blow. Ah, they said, what can a great warrior be doing here during peacetime? He must be a mighty lord. They went and reported it to the king, and advised him that the warrior would be an important and useful man to have if war broke out, and that the king should try to keep him there at all costs. The king appreciated the advice, and he sent one of his courtiers to the little tailor to offer him, after he woke up, a military position. The envoy remained standing near the sleeper until the tailor stretched his limbs and opened his eyes. Then the courtier made him the proposal. "'That's exactly why I've come here,' answered the little tailor. "'I am prepared to enter the king's service.' So he was honorably received and given special living quarters. However, the soldiers were jealous of the little tailor and wished him a thousand miles away. "'What will come of all this?' they began saying among themselves. "'If we quarrel with him and he starts swinging, seven of us will fall with one blow. None of us can stand up to him.' Once they had reached a decision, they all went to the king and asked for their discharge. "'We can't hold our own with a man who can slay seven with one blow,' they said. The king was sad to lose all his faithful servants on account of one man, and he wished he had never laid eyes on him. He actually wanted to get rid of him, but he dared not dismiss him for fear that the tailor might kill him and all his people and take over the royal throne. The king thought about this for a long time, going back and forth in his mind until he hit upon a plan. Then he sent a message to the little tailor that contained a proposal for him, since he was such a great warrior. There were two giants living in a forest in the king's country, and they were causing great damage by robbing, murdering, ravaging, and burning. Anyone who came near the giants would be placing his life in danger. However, if the tailor could conquer these two giants and kill them, he would receive the king's only daughter for his wife and half the kingdom as dowry. Moreover, one hundred knights were to accompany him and lend him assistance. That would be just right for a man like you, thought the little tailor. It's not every day someone offers you a princess and half a kingdom. So he answered, Yes, indeed, I'll soon tame the giants, but I won't need the hundred knights. A man who's already slain seven with one blow does not need to be afraid of two. The little tailor set out, followed by the hundred knights. When he came to the edge of the forest, he said to his escorts, Just stay right there. I'll take care of the giants all by myself. After he scampered into the forest, he looked to the right and to the left. Soon he caught sight of the two giants, who were lying asleep under a tree and snoring so hard that the branches bobbed up and down. Since the little tailor was no slouch, he filled his pockets full of stones and carried them up a tree. When he got halfway up the tree, he slid out on a branch until he was perched right over the sleepers. Then he dropped one stone after another on the chest of one of the giants. It took some time before the giant felt anything. However, when he finally woke up, he shoved his companion and said, Why are you hitting me? 
You're dreaming, the other said. I haven't been hitting you. They lay down to sleep again, and the tailor threw a stone at the other giant. What's the meaning of that? The second giant cried out. Why are you throwing things at me? I'm not throwing things at you, the first one replied and growled. They quarreled for a while, but since they were tired, they let it pass, and their eyes closed again. Now the little tailor began his game anew. He took out his largest stone and threw it with all his might at the chest of the first giant. That does it, he screamed, jumped up like a madman, and he slammed his companion against the tree so hard that it shook. The other giant paid him back in kind, and they both became so furious that they tore up trees and beat each other for some time, until together they fell down dead. Then the little tailor jumped down from the tree. Lucky for me that they didn't tear up the tree I was sitting on, he said. Otherwise, I'd have had to jump like a squirrel from one tree to another. Still, a man like me is always nimble. He drew his sword, gave the giants a few hearty blows on their chests, and went out of the forest to the knights. The work's done, he said. I've put an end to the two of them, but the battle was a hard one. They became so desperate that they tore up trees to defend themselves. Yet there's nothing anyone can do against a man like me who can slay seven with one blow. Didn't they wound you? The knights asked. It'll take more than two giants before that happens, he answered. They couldn't even touch the hair on my head. The knights would not believe him and rode into the forest where they found the giants swimming in their own blood with uprooted trees lying all around them. Meanwhile, the little tailor went and demanded the reward promised by the king, but the king regretted his promise and thought up a new way to get rid of the hero. "'Before you can have my daughter and half the kingdom,' he said to the tailor, "'you must put your heroism on display again and perform one more deed. There's a unicorn running around and causing great damage in the forest, and I want you to capture it.' "'Do you expect me to be afraid of a unicorn after facing two giants?' the tailor asked. Seven with one blow is more my style. He took some rope and an axe with him and went to the forest and ordered his escorts once again to remain outside. He did not have to search long, for the unicorn did not keep him waiting. It charged right at him with its horn lowered, as if it meant to gore him without much ado. Easy does it, easy does it, the tailor said. You won't get anywhere by doing things too hastily. The little tailor stood still and waited until the unicorn was very close. Then he jumped nimbly behind a tree while the animal ran with all its might into the tree, thrusting its horn into the trunk so hard that it did not have the strength to pull it out again. This is the way the unicorn was caught. Now I've got my little bird, the tailor said, and he came out from behind the tree, put the rope around the unicorn's neck, and chopped the horn free of the tree with the axe. When everything was all set, he led the unicorn away and took it to the king. The king, however, still refused to give him the promised reward and made a third demand. Before the wedding could take place, the tailor was to capture a wild boar that was causing great damage in the forest, and the king's huntsmen were to lend him assistance. Gladly, said the tailor, this is child's play. He did not take the huntsmen with him into the forest, and they were pleased, for the wild boar had already given them such rough treatment that they had no desire to chase it. When the boar caught sight of the tailor, it charged at him, foaming at the mouth and gnashing its teeth. The beast tried to trample him to the ground, but the nimble hero ducked into a nearby chapel and jumped right out again through one of the windows. The boar followed him inside, 
while the tailor ran around on the outside to shunt the front door. Thus the raging beast was trapped, because it was much too heavy and clumsy to jump out the window. The little tailor called the huntsman to see the prisoner with their own eyes, while the hero went to his king, who had to keep his promise this time, whether he liked it or not. So he gave the tailor his daughter and half the kingdom. If he had known that he had been dealing with a mere tailor and not a hero from the wars, the entire affair would have caused him even more grief than it did. As it was, the wedding was celebrated with great splendor, but little joy, and a king was made out of the tailor. After some time had passed, the young queen heard her husband talking in his sleep one night. "'Boy, finish that jerkin and mend the trousers fast, or else I'll give you a whack on your head with my yardstick.' Now she knew the young lord was of humble origins, and the next morning she went to her father to complain and begged him to help her get rid of this husband who was nothing but a tailor. The king comforted her and said, "'Leave the door of your bedroom open tonight.' My servant shall be waiting outside, and when he's asleep, they'll go inside, tie him up, and take him aboard a ship that will carry him out into the wide world. The king's daughter was content with this plan, but the king's armor-bearer had overheard everything, and since he was kindly disposed toward the young king, he told him all about the plot. I'm going to have to throttle their plans, said the little tailor. That evening he went to bed with his wife at the usual time. When she thought he had fallen asleep, she got up, opened the door, and returned to the bed. The little tailor, who was only pretending to be asleep, began to cry out in a clear voice, "'Boy, finish that jerkin and mend the trousers fast, or else I'll give you a whack on your head with my yardstick. I've slain seven with one blow, killed two giants, captured a unicorn, and trapped a wild boar. Do you think those fellows waiting outside my door would ever scare me?' When the men heard the tailor talking like that, they were petrified and ran off as if the wild host of hell were after them, and none of them ever dared to do anything to him after this. Thus the tailor reigned as king and remained king for the rest of his life. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments. Or... Subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>